0: You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and you are listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Samira Wiley, and I'm currently working on The Handmaid's Tale, which should be coming out next year, 2017. And you're listening to Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, this is the BG. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Wanna apologize for spitting the rise The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words? Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Yeah. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds.
0: Ha. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Better shake your booties
1: for black girl nerds
2: welcome to this special episode of the black girl nerds podcast my name's angelica and i'll be your host joining me is my lovely cloak host ryan say hi Hi, Angelica bringing us the sultry voice for this uh, week. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and this week we'll be covering episode two of The Handmaid's Tale. Please uh, excuse my voice. I just returned from a week in Miami. So party, party, party. And my voice is gone. Um, So that's why you're listening to the smooth sound of Angelica right now, because my voice has gone down a couple octaves. Um, But yeah, we're going to get into the handmaid's tale so let's start um so ryan what
1: were some of your thoughts on this episode this week's episode was my favorite of the whole series really why is that Because <laughs> i was i was ready to see some action basically mm-hmm. like i was ready to see like what's the nitty-gritty like what's the stuff that the higher-ups don't know Cause you know it's something going on. Cause there's no way these ladies are gonna sit and take all this, you know, this oppression and stuff they were doing. Cause I, I just wanted to see what the inner networks were. Okay, I was waiting for this part. I was like, there's no way they're gonna let us go all season three. And We have to keep seeing. You know, June taking what she's taking and there, you know, it's like no reward for what she's doing. It's just like pushback, push back. So I was kinda waiting for like an episode where I could just see something a little different.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um we definitely kinda touched on that last week where we said we kinda wanted to see June like get involved with the resistance and kinda um, <clears throat> fight her way and kind of like I guess like break the wheel, you know, to to reference some Game of Thrones. Um, so we kind of see her get a- yeah. <laughs> brought her brought it back. Um, so <laughs> we kind of see her get her feet wet in this episode. Um, her being part of a team because as of now she's kind of been on the outskirts of these networks. Like she knows about it. She's heard about it. Um, some of her fellow handmaids were involved. Um, But she's never actually been directly part of it outside of, you know, someone trying to escape. So this time, this week, she helped someone escape.
1: So. Yeah, I was worried about her just like by herself and these people are slowly figuring out that she's not playing by the book. I was like, come on, give her somebody. <laughs> yeah. So this
2: time she's part of a team. Um, she's on board with the Marthas who are essentially have created their own underground network. Um, so we we see June kind of get her feet wet and get involved. Um, but we start off this episode um, with one of June's voiceovers and she's standing outside and she's waiting um, and she kind of mentions Aunt Lydia, who we actually didn't see the last episode, but she mentions how Aunt Lydia always t- asked them what kind of seed they would be. Um, and that actually is a Bible reference. Um, as y'all know, Gilead is this patriarchal, um, fanatical society. So they, they often use the Bible as a means to justify their actions. Um, and in this case, they're using the parable of the sower, uh, which is... <clears throat> A parable told by Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, verses thirteen—I'm um, using chapter thirteen, of verses one through twenty-three. But the gist of it is, um, a man was sowing seeds, and he tossed them out indiscriminately. He didn't really—well, uh, he tossed them indiscriminately. He didn't really care where he sowed them, so he threw these seeds out. Some fell on the path the wayside um with no soil so of course they didn't grow some fell on rocky ground with little soil they didn't grow either and then some soil um f- uh fell on thorns and then some sorry, i keep saying soil sorry seeds sorry miami miami, miami. <laughs> so yeah so basically he threw, he threw <laughs> the seeds and some like i said some landed on rocky paths some landed on thorns some landed on um the wayside, and then some landed on good soil. And the ones that landed on good soil obviously grew and became um crops. So June says, like, you know, Aunt Lydia used to always ask us what kind of seeds will be. And I'm pretending to be a, a tree. So I'm just standing and I'm waiting. So she's standing up. Oh,
1: okay. That, so that scene just took on a whole new meaning yes. for me now. I like
2: that. I like that background you just gave there. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, Aunt, Aunt Lydia throwing out gems. Even though she's using this parable to kind of Make them submissive, um, obedient handmaids, you know, the seeds that are in Uh the good soil. Um, it's still a, a good parable as far as, you know, telling people about like, what kind of person are you going to be? Um, in this case, it's been perverted. Um, But yeah, so June is waiting outside and she is um, waiting for her walking partner. And as you know, handmaids are not really allowed to be by themselves um, when they're out in public. So they always have a walking partner. June's had quite a few walking partners and she has a new one. Her name is of Matthew. And um, as you all know, handmaids have the names of their commanders. So they they don't have their own personal names. And if they change posts, they become of whoever their commander is. So uh, June was formerly of Fred, and now she's of Joseph, and now there's a new of Matthew. So they go walking, and of Matthew seems very fanatical. Like she's down with Gilead. Um, she's like, "Oh, did you hear? Um, you know, I hear they're they're taking back Chicago, or which." june knows that that means they're losing out in Chicago, and she's very like pious um and she's like, Oh, I'm praying for the Waterfords, and I hope everything works out for them like she's just she's kind of like that church like that overzealous churchy person that you don't like that's what like off Matthew's
1: vibes are. what do you think yeah, and I'm also yeah, and I'm also wondering if it's just like if it's like a right. survivor mechanism, you know much like of Warren well, I think her name is of Warren now, but I can't remember her her um yeah, actual name one of them <laughs> um but just yeah just kind of like trying not to you know just kind of finding some way to deal with all of it um which you kind of hate when they get to that state because you like well man what does she go through where she's like I don't care anymore like I'm just giving up like this is gonna be my life now so I need to play this game I need to get into it you know whereas you still have June like pushing back against right. the system and and Matthew was like, oh, this is my life now. I'm, it's good. I need yeah, to live bit." Yeah, of with it. Glenn,
2: number two, um, if you remember, of Glenn, uh, number two was the one that blew up the new Red Center. Um, she came off very pious and very, like, committed to Gilead. But it turns out she used to be a prostitute was living off the streets. And this is the first time where she's in a good home. She's being fed. So she... At the time, she was... Yeah, like,
1: they did have the interesting
2: perspective, yeah. Yeah, so she was willing to do whatever she could to maintain that lifestyle. Now, unfortunately, because she didn't want to stone um, Janine, her tongue got taken away. They took they cut out her tongue, which made her turn against Gilead, but initially she was all for it. Um, so we'll see if Of Matthew really is a true believer in Gilead or if she's just doing this because to basically um survive um because june also used to say that the handmaids they wanted the handmaids you know the reason why they had the shopping partners was for the handmaids keep an eye on each other um so they kept each other in line so we'll see if of matthew is someone that's going to like snitch on june for not acting like she's supposed to or if she's just doing this to make sure that she has a good life well as good as it can get in gilead
1: um yeah it's a little nervous situation going on there yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) so um june uh so uh of of Matthew kinda of says like, Oh, um, I you know, what's crazy that of Joseph, as in Emily, took the baby, poor baby, and then um June corrects her and says, No, no, I'm of Joseph. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like get it right um like "Ooh, okay
1: never mind
2: <laughs> and then it's called it's like a call back to the first season so she kind of goes like who's the pious one now um so like even june's pretending to be this you know pious overzealous person um so they end up going to fish and loaves which is a market um in gilead women are not allowed to read so all of the storefronts are changed to images in this case it's of the grocery store essentially and it's called fish and loaves um so they go inside and of course <clears throat> excuse me they meet with other handmaids so like June on the low kind of um gets off Robert to meet her in the back she's like oh did you see the tomatoes and they're great huh and then they go over and meet <laughs> over by the tomatoes the canned tomatoes and they talk about the news um you know what's been going on so uh, off Robert tells her that you know, a handmaid had a shredder, um, and a shredder is essentially um, because of all this this environmental issues that they have, and you know the radioactive stuff, and you know the infertility that's going rampant in Gilead. Um, a lot of the times, the babies that are born aren't healthy; they're deformed, um, so they're called shredders or unbabies or unchildren. And uh, she says that it was you know the uh, handmaid had a baby; it's a shredder; its heart was actually on the outside of its body um and so they talk about that and then uh excuse me my voice so then June tells her that you know Gilead's losing out in Chicago and then she asks of Robert about the Mackenzie's um and of Robert's like I can't get any information Their Martha's really mean so um yeah (laughs) so they get kind of chastised by an aunt um for kind of like Gossiping amongst each other um and then they go, kind of go back to their business and so when <clears throat> excuse me when June returns to um the Lawrence's home uh the Marthas are kind of getting ready uh there's supposed to be a big meeting between the commanders we don't see that until next week but they're actually they're basically preparing and they're like polishing silverware and planning the meal um but they tell June to go in the parlor um because Aunt Lydia's back um I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> now, like Aunt Lydia, just let me just touch on her for a second. Aunt Lydia is an aunt, which basically I almost call them like the guards, the wardens of this world. And Aunt Lydia is very much a woman of Gilead. Like she completely, one hundred percent, believes in it because what her what's important to her are children. Um, she she believes she's here to repopulate the earth, so she takes her job very seriously, and she's a very layered complicated character because she honestly does love her handmaids they're like her children um but at the same time she kind of rules with an iron fist so even though she's very loving she also it's kind of like a monster you know the way
1: she yeah her discipline is very warped like it's like you know that mother that it's just like you don't know how to exact it's like some of your parenting skills are off right like she she wants to protect them and stuff but it's like as soon as they get that line yeah it's like oh gosh yeah the black
0: girl nerds podcast will return in just a moment Scentbird. We've talked about Scentbird on the Black Girl Learns podcast before, and we're talking about it again because we do not want our listeners here to miss out on the opportunity to check out this amazing product. Now, I have gone to the department store and I have seen high-end perfumes and looked at that price tag and had to turn around because some of these perfumes, as lovely as they smell, they're just not in my price range. With Scentbird, you can get high-end name brand perfumes and colognes. And when I am talking about name brand, I mean high-end name brand. I'm talking about designers like Prada, Tom Ford, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Cartier, Gucci, Calvin Klein, and more, the list goes on and on and on. You can choose any kind of fragrance you want. And the way Scentbird works, it's a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. So it's a new way for you to discover perfumes and colognes without having to buy an entire bottle. They come in these really nice sample sizes and you can get a 30-day supply. So that's 120 sprays, enough to apply more than four times per month. Listeners of Black Girl Nerds, guess what? You can get high-end designer perfumes for a fraction of the price today. With this exclusive offer, you get 50% off of your first month. That is only $7.50 for your first fragrance. So go to scentbird.com forward slash nerds and use the code nerds for 50% off your first month. That's SENTbird.com forward slash nerds for you to try your first perfume or cologne for $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing
2: yeah she's she's you know she's like you said she's instrumented uses of torture um remember it's the opening of season two um when the handmaids are taken away Oh gosh, and yeah. they thought they were going to she orchestrated this execution for them and they thought they were going to get you know executed and she, she 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 ties nooses around their necks and they all think they're going to die and then they realize it's all like a scam like it's all something to punish them to kind of tell them like you guys cannot step out of line because if you step out of line this is what's gonna happen to you she's mutilated handmaids she like Blue torched one of the handmaids. She tied her to a. Yeah, I was just like man, <laughs> yeah. She's done some terrible. She's
1: had them in the rain, um holding rocks for hours. That at a time. was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. I was like, June, girl, you better do something. To get up out of this rain. I was like, until they finally nailed it out. I was worried about her. Really worried about her. That's same- yeah. And then they found out she was pregnant. So then she's very
2: gentle. But even then, as a as a pregnant handmaid, as much as she loves you, she'll tie you to a bed and, and, and keep you in isolation until you get in line. So, um, you know, I there's times where. I really like Aunt Lydia, where I'm just like, oh, I, I think I can like her, and then there's times where she kind of goes back to her old mean self. So she's a very complicated character, yep. and she is played beautifully. Um, and I, I believe the actress that plays her got got an Emmy. What is her name? I'm sorry. Let me let me let me go to my searches. I like to give credit where credit is due. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Mark. Okay, no, it's, not- it's written by Margaret. Excuse me. <clears throat> Oh, and Dowd—that's her name. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Name sounds familiar yeah now. Yeah, okay. and Dowd, and and Dowd was also in um, what was that other show? Um, The Leftovers. She uh, she was also—I
1: uh, never caught that yeah, one. She, oh
2: man, she was also a leader okay. of a radical religious sect. Um, so it just seems like she fits right in with this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Aunt Lydia last we saw her, she got pushed down the steps and like beat on by Emily, who kind of lost it. Um, so she's back in the Lawrence's home, and she's busted like she's all bruised up, she can't walk Ooh, for real. she needs a walking cane. But- all sorts of stuff. It's kind
1: of gangster though. She just still kind of moving though. It's pretty. I got to give her credit <laughs> on that one because that was a lot. Like you get stabbed in the back, and then like she, because Emily went in, boy, she was like, "I'm tired of this. I won't hear another word from you." Like she was going <laughs> in, I was like, "Dang!" I was like, "Well, I was like, well, that's what happens. I guess you get tortured one too many times, and this is like, it's a wrap." Yeah,
2: I mean, remember aunt lydia did something pretty terrible to emily um when it was yeah she got the worst of it I you know, fail, when, yeah. when it was found out that emily was having an affair with a martha they basically were like oh we'll take care of that and you know they removed her clitoris so she couldn't have any type of sexual pleasure so you know <laughs> i she definitely had a bone to pick with aunt lydia so <laughs> like all right you're gonna get this you're gonna get this work
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> Lydia went get me boy. She was struggling. It was like that ten count. She was laid at the bottom
2: of the steps. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't kill her. Um, but she she definitely beat her up pretty good. Um, so Aunt <laughs> Lydia, she's doing one of her quote unquote routine check ins. Um, she doesn't trust the Lawrence's. There's she knows there's something off about that family. She doesn't trust Commander Lawrence. She feels like he's a bad influence. She was saying, you know, um of Emily or I don't even know if she called her Emily she might have called her of Joseph but she was like Emily was here for 2 days and look what happened like I don't trust him if you see anything you know you can tell me and then she kind of is thrown off by um Mrs. Lawrence she's very uncomfortable with how she's acting and she's like what's wrong with her and we're you know we as the audience later find out that it it may not appear as it seems it seems like she may be putting up a front as far as her insanity um but that entire household makes aunt lydia very uncomfortable so she wants to check in on june and she tells her like you know if anything happens you have to tell me um and so aunt lydia decides to check in on June's room to make sure it's in order. You know, she's very protective of her handmaids and she tries to go up the steps and she falls. So she's really vulnerable at this point. And June, even though Lydia, aunt Lydia has done some terrible things to June, June, has a soft spot for her because she knows that Aunt Lydia does love her handmaids. And so she kind of, like, tries to pick her up and was like, okay, well, maybe we can do this another day. And Aunt Lydia, being very vulnerable in that moment, she's still a person in authority. So she's like, "Uh uh-uh. So she takes back she reasserts her authority, she takes that power back, and she cattle prods June. And I was like...
1: Well. yeah that's one of them hate moments i'm gonna admit it on that one because i was just like come on now was that necessary first of all you laying on the yeah. step come on now how you gonna somebody when you lay on Look, the step she
2: had to get that power back and she's at that point she kind of releases some anger on June, and she's like you know the other aunts were soft because i would have never sent you back to a new posting after what you did at the Mackenzies. you should be on the wall for what you did um And, you know, Joseph, Commander Lawrence, comes downstairs and and finds them. And uh, Aunt Lydia kind of gives its excuse that, like, oh, you know, I'm upset with her because she was gossiping at uh, Fish and Loaves. And she kind of leaves. She she gets put in a wheelchair so she can't walk that well. And uh, I love when uh, Commander Lawrence says, "Uh, I wonder what's the voltage on those things? (laughs) Like.
1: <laughs> like he's just having like every scene is just like fun to him for some reason. He's just like oh, okay, all right. Well let me just uh insert my little comment and keep him. Right, moving. yeah. He I don't really know what you guys are doing, but it don't have nothing yeah, to do with me. He's
2: a very um like sarcastic, funny person, even though we don't know what's really going on with him. He definitely um has the, the comedic relief on the show at times. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, so we move on to Little America. And Luke is at a, uh, he's basically sitting outside his apartment. He's looking at a family picture of, of him and June and Hannah. And you see as a, like a little suitcase with clippings and pictures, clippings of what's going on in Gilead and all sorts of other things. Um, he goes inside. He gets a call. Um, he has to, I guess, go to the embassy, and he has to meet with some lawyers. I'm not sure what that's about, but he it's, it's urgent, apparently. So he goes inside, um, and he sees Moira playing with baby Nicole. And Moira is just, she is, she's so great with Nicole. You could tell, like, she definitely is someone that is meant to be a mom. Like, she's so great and loving, and she's just playing with the baby. But Luke is kind of uncomfortable. Like, and, you know, we talked about this last week, how it's kind of, um, it must be kind of awkward for Luke to be around Nicole, knowing that that's his wife's child, but it's not his biological child. Moira um, Moira's like, come play with the baby, you know, come come hang out with her. And he's like, yeah, I gotta go. Um, so he rushes off to the embassy. And then Moira reminds him before he goes about dinner with Emily. Um, and he's just like, yo, what's up with her? Like, why is she still here? Doesn't she have family? And then Moira is very much saying, like, Moira works in intake, at uh, a refugee intake at uh, I guess, one of the embassies. And she, you know, she says, you know, I've seen this before, you know, everyone does thing at their own time at their own pace. So like, you know, just, just take it easy on the girl.
1: And that to me is interesting because it kind of shows the difference between some of the people that are in Little America, because you, as we know with Mora, and then she understands, you know, like the position, like mm-hmm. where the baby comes from, what June's position is right now, and right. how you have to sort of move past that. Luke mm-hmm. is stuck like man, I couldn't do anything for my wife or my daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, let me kind of wallow in this. And more is like, no, like we got to keep moving or, you know, it's basically like they win on the other side. Right. Right. You know, they kind of destroy those little things like that for you, those little moments
2: yeah moira is very pragmatic um but i mean that's that's just her personality she's very much like cut to the chase let's take care Mm -hmm. of business um so yeah i I like i mean i I thought it was just a cute scene in general with her playing with the baby like i'm just like oh she's such a mom like she's meant to be a mom um so hopefully you know later down the line maybe that happens um we know we do know she did have a child at one point but she gave it away for adoption Um, i know
1: so sad that scene was so sad for me
2: yeah and she was in love with a do- with her doctor. um, so you know she's definitely even though she never got a chance to be a mom, this is kind of like her second chance, you know, her taking uh-huh. care of her best friend's child. so I thought that was great. Um, so then we. Go to Emily, and Emily's getting her checkup. And I um, shout out to my friend Joe. Um, she was saying on her Twitter how she needs Canadian's healthcare system. Uh-
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That yeah, was that was nice. Yeah, that whole scene was just like I enjoyed it. That was dope. Like just yeah. to get everything laid out, it's like okay, we got this. We got this for you.
2: Yeah, we're like they, they checked out her scar, and they tell her like you know because uh, uh, so just to touch on this, so the handmaids when they are processed and they first become handmaids, they are ta on their ear they get tag like a cow um to identify them as handmaids so whenever a handmaid escapes, they kind of rip it out um and so emily the doctor tells her that you know it, it's going to scar and then emily's like yeah i know so because of cartilage is a i don't know she said something about the blood and the cartilage um because emily is like a physicist i forgot exactly what she is but she's she's a doctor i don't think she's a medical doctor but sh- she's very intelligent so she's like yeah i know um And they talk about how they found fibroids in her. Um, She's referred to a dentist. She's referred to an optometrist, a psychologist. They refer her also to an OB that specializes in um, clitoral reconstruction. Um, And apparently, this doctor is is very familiar with handmaids, and he works he or she works close with them.
1: Um, So we're like, oh, there's hope, you know? She might yeah. Like this this whole scene was hope. Like (laughs) after (laughs) you see this whole scene was like hope. Like if everybody could just get to that that point
2: right once you once you cross over so like okay our, our home girl might be able to get some pleasure in her life back uh <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they tell her she has high cholesterol um and that's a lot to do with the the fatty diet they give the handmaids they gotta plump them up keep their weight up you know because they're supposed to bear children um they eat a lot of bread, butter and meat. So, uh she has a very high cholesterol. So, I was like, "Okay, shout out to uh Canada's healthcare system for <laughs> taking care of your girl." Um Yep. Yeah, and so we move on to the Martha's. So, June walks in on the Martha's having a meeting. Uh the Martha's in this household are Cora and Beth. Um Cora is the one that lost her eye. Um she's very like cranky and she gets smart with commander uh, lawrence all the time like she's kind of like the old maid and then they have a new martha beth now if you remember beth actually used to work at jezebel's which was that hotel that housed all the prostitutes the legal pro- i guess the legal prostitutes in gilead um she was a martha in that household or i guess in that hotel and she's also was a, a drug smuggler if you remember
1: was she the one that Nick was always going to? Yes, like when he was with. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah.
2: And they used to be a thing. So she, so they of... So I guess like June and Beth are Eskimo sisters because <laughs> they both <laughs> they both slept with Nick. Um. Yeah. So uh, Beth has been reassigned to the uh, Lawrence household. And, uh, she walks in on the meeting of, with Cora, Beth, and there's another Martha named Allison. Um, and they're supposed to help her escape. Um, but apparently they have a new safe house and they can't go until it's safe to go. So she has to stay in their house. Now, Commander Lawrence sees this and he's just like, what are y'all up to? Um, and you know, June runs after him and she's just like, can you can she please stay he was like uh no you know when he caught the the marthas initially he he kind of he kind of threatened them like a thin veiled threat he was just like maybe i should call a guardian to take you home or wherever um (laughs) so you're just like oh no 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 so june goes to convince him to let the martha stay she's like you know she's she has she's trying to get out she's trying to have a better life like you know about this you've helped you helped me um and he was just like, I don't like strangers. I don't know who she is. I don't want her in my house. Um. So you know, June just like, just let her stay for a few hours, and we'll be out of your your hair. So he's like, all right, it's your funeral, and he goes about his business. So she goes back to the Marthas and she says, okay, it's all good. And then Beth kind of, Beth kind of gets a little sh- like shady with June, and she's like, oh, that must have been some blowjob. Uh so I was like, hey, man, I was like, okay, got yeah. that tension going on. Well, June was like, okay, that's our specialty. Um, but June <laughs> <during> that <laughs> came to June clap back. But just uh just to kind of put things in perspective, um, a lot of people in Gilead, even Martha's, even Econo wives, they look down on the handmaids. Um, they're considered they, they kinda of look at them as prostitutes. Um, so you know, they're they kinda of, uh, they're, they're, I wouldn't call them the bottom of the barrel, but they're looked down on in that society. Um, they have a they have a use and a purpose for them, but at the same time, not everyone's on board with what these handmaids do. They they think they're prostitutes. So that's where, you know, Beth's shadiness came from, that to put that in perspective. Um, so they basically uh, plan to take Allison to the safe house. So June tells them. Um, that joseph is in his office so now is a good time to move Cora has to stay behind someone has to stay in the house um and so June volunteers she's like I'll go with you guys because uh Beth can't walk like once she, once she drops off Allison she can't walk back by herself it'll be too suspicious so they agree to let June come along so June disguises herself as a Martha they wear green and as they're walking to this the safe um the safe house June notes how she kind of likes being invisible um, because Martha's blend in. They're, they're, they wear this like dull green, whereas the handmaids wear this bright re- red color that makes them stand out and makes them noticeable. So for the first time, she's kind of anonymous. Um, so they walk to the safe house and they drop off Allison and they're like, OK, we got to go. Um and Allison's like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. They're like, you have to. Just, just stay here. So um, they're actually in the laundry dist- district, which I thought it was kind of interesting that June mentioned that handmaids aren't allowed there. Um, there's too many chemicals. As in, it's, it would be too easy for a handmaid to commit
0: suicide there. So they're not allowed in that area. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Cat Love with Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Letter. You know what I love? My cats. I love Coco and Carmelita. They keep me on my toes. They love to rub up against my leg when they want something to eat or when I'm relaxing with my favorite blanket at night. They like to hop up on the blanket and sit down on my stomach and just purr all night long and watch movies with me. That's my cats. It's great. You know what I don't love? cleaning up after Coco and Carmelita's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created the new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It is 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how they have the di- the different districts and who can go where, and you know, it's 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 like it's like something crazy to wrap your hand around. Which yeah, is. it kind
2: of reminds me of like Nazi Germany, like you have to have a card, you have to yeah, have, yeah, that's a good you comparison, know, you have to have identification yeah, identification on you can't go into the ghetto, that sort of thing. Um, and if you even see the one lady get pulled away because her ID is not, like, right, up to date right, or something. Right, yeah, and who knows what's going to happen to her. So we learned that... Um, so June's like, oh, I hope she gets out. And Beth tells her, like, no, she's going in. Like, she's going deeper in. Um, so Allison is a chemistry teacher, and she makes bombs. Um, and I thought it was funny earlier in the episode... Um, June's called her Breaking Bad. She's like, "Okay, Breaking Bad, let's go." <laughs> um, so she makes bombs for the resistance, and her, some of her work uh, was last season. Uh, the bomb that destroyed the new Red Center, um, the one that off Glenn s- set off, um, that was made by Allison. So Allison's going out to, I guess, to the front lines in Chicago to help the resistance. Um, so we cut to um back to Little America. Um, like look who's coming to dinner. Um, so there's a pleasant dinner between um there's Aaron, who is a refugee from Gilead. Um, she's very quiet. Um, there's Moira, Emily, and Luke, and they're all having dinner. And it initially is very pleasant. Um, they reminisce on their families, you know. Luke talks about how um, June liked to, to to make the menus for dinner. She liked like meatless Mondays and Taco Tuesdays. And Maura just thought it was hilarious how June made the menu, but then she made Luke cook. So they all start laughing about that. Um, And then Emily kind of notes how she used to be a vegetarian, but she, um, obviously her diet changed when she was a handmaid. So then Luke's like, oh, well, who cooked in your house? You know, how did that work? Um, And it makes Emily really uncomfortable because she's not, you know, she's still very much traumatized, very much shell-shocked. She doesn't, she's, you know, she's at the point now where she won't even call her family to let them know she's safe. So... Luke is pushing her to open up and she's not ready for that. And Moira tells him, like, yeah, go get the potatoes. And he just keeps talking, like, No, 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 like who's you know, what did you guys eat? And she's like, Get the get the potatoes. Um and <laughs> 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 get, the, get, get the goddamn potatoes. Um, so <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's like, why are you still talking right now?
2: <laughs> um, so she, he kind of like he's embarrassed at this point, like, okay, Ari, right, I'm out. So he leaves, and Emily's like, I'm sorry, and Moris like, no, I get it. Like, I get why you're apprehensive. You know, working it, you know, with uh, refugees, I've seen, um, family reunions, and they're not always that great. Um, and you know, people always talk about happily ever afters, but they never talk about that it's just plain after. Um, so she understands emily's hesitation she understands everybody has their own path and their own process um so i think it was really great that emily ended up with them um because moira was very instrumental in helping her go back to her family um and we'll see more of that later on in the episode so yeah i thought that was good and oh apparently aaron's a great cook um aaron made this great meal (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. I go, gonna, ahead. go ahead, go She not say much, but she'll the cook apple pie yeah. and
2: whatnot. So you know they're they're eating they're eating pretty good out there. Um, unlike in Gilead where everything's rationed off. Um, so unless you're, you know,
1: yeah, I wonder if we'll learn more about Erin though. Eventually, that'd be cool to kind of get more of where she. They yeah. taught us a little bit, but like just to kind of get more of, you know, like. What she kind of went through and her yeah, story
2: I'm a little not, bit. I'm not entirely sure what Erin was before she came to Gilead, but she was initially like they thought she couldn't talk;
1: <laughs> she was mute. And then, yeah, because she was not saying nothing. She just stared at you like, yeah. oh, it was. She did give a lot of face though, you know, as the usual the actress <laughs> in the show. They all give
2: a lot of face, yeah. So, um, and Erin eventually opened up and then she started talking more. Um, so now she's kind of integrated into that house. So, and I love how they're just all like this ragtag crew of a family like they're all from different places different walks of life and they're kind of like together they got slapped together into this household in Canada um and they all kind of work together like Luke went out shopping got the food you know Aaron put the dinner together you know it's all like a like a little cute family um so yeah maybe we'll learn more about Aaron um and, and her journey um you know what I really want to see this
1: season go for it what you got Some
2: Aunt Lydia flashbacks oh
1: yeah. yeah yeah where is that craziness coming from yeah i mean the and the. She, i mean besides the fact that she's in the society you gotta do what you gotta do right. but i'm like how do you even get
2: in that position right exactly i want to know how she got where she was i know i think she may have ha- had some family that she talked about very briefly last season um but yeah i want to know about aunt lady i want to see what, what her life was like before so yep yeah. Um, (laughs) so now we cut to, um, a scene, uh, so June and the Marthas are in the house and then they hear like a commotion outside and there's fugitives. So Allison comes back, um, apparently they were caught by guardians. So they escape back to the Lawrence's house and she's with another handmaid who was shot. Um, so like basically their escape went Ari, um, and, and they get, they basically go in the basement to hide. So Joseph comes downstairs. He's everywhere. Um, so he comes downstairs, he's like, "What's going on?" And um, you know, Cora's like, "Oh, Beth is downstairs. You know, in the basement. She saw. You know, she saw a mouse." And he's like, "No, there's two mice. Like, stop lying to me." <laughs> I want them out of here. Cause you know, at the end of the day, he's all good. He's all on board with helping the resistance. He's all on board with, you know, helping people escape, but he doesn't want it in his house. Like, don't, yeah. don't... And he has no control over whatever they got. Right. Like going like, on. Like, don't bring that stuff over here. Like that ain't got nothing to do with me. Don't get me involved. Um, so the guardians actually come to his house. They they try to talk to them, they try to search the home. And Miss Mrs. Lawrence could come downstairs. And this is when I start to think like, you know, maybe she isn't as fragile as she appears uh, because she comes downstairs and she's like, Oh, gentlemen, Oh, I'm sure it's very cold outside. Let me get you some tea. And she puts them in the parlor. You know, there's doors. She hides them in the parlor, closes the door. And she goes um, in the kitchen Um, and she tells uh Cora to clean up because there's blood everywhere from the Martha that was shot. So Cora cleans up the blood and she tells June like go downstairs to take care of business. And you can tell like, that's when you see her, you know, kind of, clear for the first time like you can see like she's speaking clearly she's in control she's not having like this fit she's not loopy you know so I'm starting to think like is her insanity is her illness real or is it like a? yeah and does Mr.
1: Lawrence know is he is he thrown off by it as well like where does he not know like maybe she got to a point where she's like I can't tell you like exactly how I'm feeling because you're this position in society in society so I can pretend like I'm wounded or something's wrong with me so you'll go along with whatever you know right. go along with my plan or yeah. whatever and our, maybe it's a little bit of both maybe she really is
2: sick I mean because like uh, as we touched on this before she does not like Gilead this is not a place meant for her um she does not be, be she does not like being a part of society She does not like you know what her husband has done to these innocent people she is not on board with it um so that might really hurt her she might you know feel some guilt for essentially being involved in, in constructing this world even though she doesn't want to be a part of it she's kind of forced to be a part of it um so maybe she does things in her own way to kind of help um so we'll see more on mrs lawrence but i, I think she does have a role to play in this resistance um because she clearly there's something going on with her um
1: yeah her storyline is very yeah. interesting instead of just being the typical like you know wife that's just sitting over there to the side like oh i just gotta do whatever my husband right. tells me to do. yeah
2: so we'll see what's going on with her but i thought that was pretty interesting that she kind of like Snapped into this, you know, leadership role and was like, "Okay, Cora, you clean up the blood. June, go downstairs. Take care of this." And then she kind of goes to distract the Guardian. So I thought that was pretty cool. So they go down. So June goes downstairs. She's trying to help the Martha calm down that was shot, and she's, uh you know, she doesn't want to die. She's panicking. She's screaming. She's just being loud. So and then the Guardians actually start searching the home, searching the outside of the home, um, as well. So June holds her mouth shut, and she's just like, "Be quiet! Like you're going to get this caught." And um. You know, eventually the Guardians go away. Um, they move on to another house. And June looks down. She takes her hands off the girl's mouth. She looks down and she's dead. So um, that was like, oh, okay. Um.
1: Yeah, that whole <laughs> scene was like super awkward. Because cause I get why she's trying to get her to be quiet. But at the same time, she was shot. So it was like, oh, man. <laughs> she just kept yelling at her, trying to like get her to like, which I get. Yeah. But I mean, either way, it was kind of like, I don't know. Either way, it was a jacked up situation. Yeah, but... Because if she would have said something, they could have like helped her. But then, what if she got killed anyway? Yeah. And then, I don't know. They basically
2: but... were in a bad situation. It was they. they I don't think Homeworld would have survived regardless. They said that, like you know, they, they said they didn't see a lot of blood. Might have been internal bleeding. So she was she was gonna die because there's no way they could have called the doctor. Like there was nothing they can do for her. Um. So you know, unfortunately, she died. Um. So. Uh, Allison now is free to escape and she doesn't want to leave. She's like, you know, I'll go back to, I'll go back to my post. And they're like, no girl, they will kill you. You have to get out of here. Um, So, you know, she's like, you need to get out of here. Do what you need to do to help the resistance, like go. So, you know, Allison leaves Um, and Joseph comes downstairs and he sees the body and he is pissed. Like you brought this into my home. I have a dead Martha on my hands, you know, and i said it would be your funeral apparently it was hers like he's <laughs> He's such a jerk. Uh, <laughs>
1: <he's>, <laughs> yeah, that's like not what I expected he was going to say at that moment. Yeah. I I was like, man, you cannot peg, Ms. Mm-hmm. you cannot peg Miss Lawrence for anything. Like, I don't understand what his. I don't know. I'm just solely confused. I don't know where his motivation is yeah, going with. He's it. He's an
2: interesting character. So he tells June he's pissed. He's like, June, you know, you're like a child. You're always asking for too much, and you don't care about the consequences. And it's kind of something similar that um, Commander Waterford had told her before. Like, you know, she doesn't know when to quit like she's always wanting to ask for more um he got pissed off at her when she asked to see um hannah so you know june definitely is like you can tell in her previous life she's a woman that always got what she wanted i mean think about it she's basically quote-unquote stole luke from his first wife. So this is not someone that really cares about the consequences. And she wasn't, I mean, let's be real. June wasn't really a good person in her previous life. Um, So this society in many ways has formed her into a good woman. Um, But she still has a lot of those selfish tendencies, you know, still in her. So, he was like, "I knew this was a mistake," and she's like, "What? What was a mistake? You know, and he, you know, bringing the Martha in the house." He was like, "No, bringing you in the house." Like he was not happy with her, and then uh, she even asked. A little bit before that conversation, he, she she's like, Hey, how's your wife? And he's like, Don't presume to ask about my wife. <laughs> um, so you know, Commander Lawrence
1: <laughs> Shoot, I backed up like I yeah. did something that scene. I was like, Whoa, what happened? Right. I was like, and he wow. usually
2: he's very cool, calm, and collected. Like he's scary, but in a quiet kind of way. But this time you see him kind of snap for the first time. And he was just like, Now get rid of the body. Like, now clean this up. Go. Go. So I was like very cold about it. Like, and you know, June's, you know, she probably all of five feet, five, two, she's supposed to carry this dead body outside by herself and bury it. Like that was her punishment. Like you brought this in the house, so you clean it up. Um, So Beth actually helps her take the body out outside into the yard. Um, But Commander Lawrence just sees that and he's like, Beth, get in the house. Like, no, this is, this is June's job. This is June's punishment. She's going to bury this body by herself. Um, so June basically spends the majority Of the night digging up this grave For this dead Martha um, And you know she, it's, it's a very hard task I can imagine I haven't really shoveled that much in my life But I imagine you know burying Six, six feet in is, is not a Digging a hole that
1: deep is not an easy task um, Yeah especially the circumstance Like just everything that whole night And then it's just like your punishment. <laughs> you need to bury this body like everything that happened in like one in one day, and it's just like, oh, that's I mean, a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. Really-
2: I almost like don't feel bad because you know he warned her what was going to happen you know initially when she asked for Allison to stay in this house and these are the consequences as a result of you know indirectly as a result of as a result of your actions, someone died um, and that's why she was pushing Allison to leave and, and do what she had to do because she didn't want to go she didn't want this Martha's death to be in vain um, so she buries the body she soaks in the tub well deserved hot bath for her um, <laughs> and uh, Beth comes in with some <laughs> ointment and she was just like hey here's some ointment for your hands um and then she kind of gives her an update and she tells her you know Joseph Lawrence he 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 took Cora so he sent Cora away I don't know where she is um so I think this is the last that we'll see at Cora I mean someone had to pay for these actions so I'm thinking Commander Lawrence because he doesn't want Maybe it's, he did it because he doesn't want Beth and Cora to run this resistance together. Maybe it's too dangerous, it's hitting too close to home. So he sent Cora away. We don't know where she is. We don't know if he sent he turned her over to the Guardians. We don't know if he helped her escape. We don't know what happened with her, but we, we learned that Cora is no longer in this household. Um and sure. I do
1: have a question for you though, because you read since you read the book, what isn't there a connection between Rita and Cora? Is it, is it possible they're working on something like that because she's not? Well, he sent her away.
2: The book ends that could... in, in in season one, essentially. So there is no Commander Lawrence. There is no Cora. So yeah, okay, um, okay, yeah. And okay, there's actually okay. in the books there's two Marthas in the Waterford for a term. One of them is Rita. Um. So yeah, there's. I, I don't think there's a connection, but I do know it appears that all the Marthas work together in some form or fashion. Yeah. Okay. So oh, okay. We'll see okay, what, we okay. know how that turns out but they've kind of taken away one of the marthas so we don't know where Cora is um and then we see june kind of she takes her bath and you see her get up the next morning and she goes outside and she sees mrs lawrence putting flowers over top of the grave so like she's basically of the of the martha so she's out here like covering their tracks um, <laughs> like she's, she's, you know, she's making sure that they don't get caught. So I'm just like, you know, that Mrs. Lawrence, she, she's definitely someone to look out for. Um, she's, she's definitely, oh, yeah. you know, as passive as we, as we thought that she was going to be. Um, she's definitely someone that you have to look out for and I, and, I, and she's helping them along in some, some form. Um, So we actually cut back to – oh, and just just also to touch on, when Beth and June were having a conversation, um, Beth let her know, like, Commander Lawrence does not like liars. Um, So – June's very good at lying. Uh, <laughs> she's very <laughs> oh yeah, she's very a very good, good liar. Very good. Um, and unfortunately, she can't get over on uh, Commander Lawrence like she did with Commander Waterford. So it's almost like I feel like in this household, just how you know unpredictable Commander Lawrence is, June better you know be on her p's and q's because he's not the one that plays. And you know,
1: yeah, if you lie, you right. better have a cover-up quick. Like, you better make sure you beat him to whatever thing he's... Beat him he first. Knows he's like, he knows everything. everything. Like, he's coming
2: up. Yeah. <laughs> he's too smart. You know, like I said, Commander Whatever, he wasn't that smart, to be honest. Honestly, the the brains yeah, in that family yep. was Serena Joy. Uh, he, he's just a man. That's where he's he, he's where he is because he's a man. Yeah. Um Commander Lawrence is a whole other yeah. story. He's a whole other animal. Um so June needs to be on her yeah. best behavior. Yeah, she's gonna have, to, have tighten to it, tighten it up because he yeah. he definitely is a very dangerous man. Um and 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 you know, we'll see how that turns out the rest of the season so we cut to uh, Luke so Luke is on the couch um he's sleep Nicole's crib is in the living room Nicole starts crying so Luke's like hey like awkward with babies he's like hey like what's wrong <laughs> you hungry you know and then Moira comes out from her room and uh you know she picks up baby Nicole and Luke uh, you know goes to get her a bottle and they start to talk and um, he's like yeah you're just like so good at this you will always have your stuff together like between this you know your job at the embassy you know how you are with nicole how you've handled emily like you just you just have it all together you're so good at this and she's like yeah i guess <laughs> i mean but you know we're all messed up in one way or the other um you know they they start to talk about hannah and the more was like man hannah used to be this small and, he, and then she tells Nicole, like that's your big sister um and luke says like you know Luke's like yep and you know June went back to save Hannah you know something that I couldn't do and Moira kind of encourages him she's like no you didn't go back to save Hannah but June had a another job for you um and that was taking care of Nicole and you know Luke Luke kind of takes these words and he goes okay and he tells Moira to go back to bed and he takes Nicole into his arms and I'm just like oh they finally bond yeah that was a cute moment I was like
1: I was like, oh, yeah, look at him getting yeah. being a dad. Yeah, They're and then at him. he being tells her, "You like, look
2: like your mom," and he like gives her little kisses. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. <laughs> they trying to make us cry. I, I was, there, I was like, oh, look at him. <laughs> um, so we go to June Um. and she's with her shopping partner. She's once again with Of Matthew where her roots go. And Of okay. Matthew's like, hey, <gasps> did you hear about what happened with that Martha? Like, oh, I hope they catch her. I hope they take her eye out. And I'm just like, I don't think Of Matthew is faking it at this one. I think this is how she
1: really is. <laughs> i'll be like a oh, matthew are you all right just, just let's take a time out are you all right now now that's what i felt i was just like oh yeah, my matthew gosh. Yeah. Is, is
2: drinking the kool-aid she's, she's definitely mm. drinking the kool-aid, Kool-Aid. Um, yeah. so, but you know june is she june she ain't not gonna let that ride So she's like oh did you hear about so-and-so <laughs> the handmaid yeah she got killed and she's like oh bless her heart she's like yeah her her walking partner got You know, it was kind of snapped and pushed in front of a bus. And then like a bus passes by. (laughs) And she's more like, stay in your place of Matthew. Know your role.
1: (laughs) Stay in your lane yeah i love that That was perfect like her comedic yeah. time and mo was perfect because i was like what is a matthew talking about yeah, right now so i was like what is going we'll, on we'll see
2: how that, i feel like of matthew is not going to survive this season um she just she's too daggone fanatical for my like and i don't like her and usually you know even
1: yeah, I'm yeah just like, i mean she's she me actually so i, I want to root for her <laughs> but i don't know right but you can't I'm going to tell you That's one of the things That pissed me off When it happened I'm just going to be honest When she came into the scene Because I was like Come on Because we already had You know we already had mm-hmm. Bora that was doing her thing Like figuring out Getting through Figuring it through And I was like Oh Matthew <laughs> you got to be kidding me right now like, you sis, got to be kidding come me Come on now
2: So I mean Maybe they'll turn of Matthew Maybe she'll see the light I don't know Because you know we Of Glenn 2.0 Turned around And, and joined the resistance So
1: we'll see um, But I don't I don't like her I'm sorry. I'm yeah. like her. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't deal with I can't deal with Matthew right now. We're gonna have to something gonna have to change a little different here. I just hope she don't turn on June before we get the different one, but
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. Um, so we go to Emily, she's getting her eye doctor appointment, and I'm a person that wears glasses, so this is Me
1: too. It's the worst. Is it three or four? No, three and four look the same. <laughs>
2: More, no. better worse better worse better so, uh, and it's a and then you're like i don't know it looks the same okay um so she gets her new glasses and she kind of starting to look like old emily from before you know the war um when she was a professor a, a physicist and you know she was out here she had her family whatever so you see that like it kind of calls back to who she was. And it's at this point that she kind of decides to call her wife. Um, so she she calls her wife, her wife picks up the phone, she's driving, and she's just like, Hello, like nonchalant, like, hey, what's up? And uh she goes, It's me. And then you see her wife like start to understand who's on the other line, and she's in the middle of traffic, <laughs> and she <laughs> she just stops and there's like a the shot overhead of, of of the cars in the street and you see all these cars trying to get around her because she stopped dead in the center of the street you know on the phone i mean I rightly so like if i haven't heard from my wife and i thought she was dead um i probably would get into oh, a car I, yeah. accident to be honest so shout out to you yeah know, she's pulled over at, she, at least she was stopping stop yeah. the car <laughs> um and so this is played by clea duvall but they um so I actually look forward to seeing, hopefully, the next episode, seeing, or not the next episode, and, and future episodes, seeing them Yeah, I was like, I hope that's reading. not, like,
1: our little, like, um, bye to Emily right there. I was like, I want to see some more. I want to know more to the story. Oh, yeah. I want to see her yeah, serve I'm more like, we're going to do it at you know the face. face. <laughs> I was like, come so... on, you can't take the Emily face away from us. So I was like, come on now. <laughs>
2: No, yeah, I hope not. No, no, no. It's Alexis Bledel is too daggone important on this show for them to, you know, call this the ending. I actually do want to see her with her family, how she like integrates um, back into her new life. I want to see all that. So um, that's where we, you know, leave off the episode. yeah like you said this is yes, one of your favorite I episodes love right because
1: i i'm not one for just looking at just the oppression is getting on my nerves and then you get like the people like uh matthew and i'm just <laughs> like i want to see like you know i want to see the network like i want to see them like get in there and i want to get th- i wanted to get messier you know and to see like i'm afraid who's gonna right. be on the wall though if it does but i just want to see like more of the uprising like because when they had the bombing it actually i don't know if it i mean it did actually help them because it did shake some things up but Um, I want to see more Mm -hmm. of that but it makes you nervous as well because it's like how far can they because the more they the further they go if you don't go a certain distance they tighten it up like you know they can get more of the eyes surrounding everybody you know it could be where they don't even go to the lows and fishes anymore you know what if they start delivering stuff because they just so that tight with that much control over where everybody's going what they're saying what's going on. You know, so it's just interesting to see like the resistance yeah. and if they give them like the more, you know, the more they try to get out, they tighten it up. So it's just like just to see like, yeah. you know, if June will ever get that like resolution that she wants to have is like real interesting the way they're playing it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll
2: definitely um see how that pans out. But yeah, I look forward to the next episode. Um, so uh Serena Joy actually makes her return. So we'll see how she's doing after everything that she's been through um you know we'll see how jude makes it in the household with commander lawrence um so yeah i definitely look forward to next week I'll, i look forward to the whole rest of the season i wish i could i wish they would just drop everything at once so i could
1: <laughs> so i could watch all yeah because it's like yeah it's like they're slowly dropping it and then they like drop it all of, And then you like oh well, i got to go back or i got to watch this so i can figure out like i don't know is because they're dropping a lot of hints mm-hmm. too i like about the season yeah So if you like, cause you always do a great job of like, see, I'm learning with you Mm. listeners as Angelica breaks it down for you guys. Cause like some of the stuff I miss in the details, like, cause I'll go back and watch it twice, but still I get so caught up in like the drama, the emotion that the little stuff I can miss sometimes, mm-hmm. but they are dropping like hints, like left and right, right yeah. of like these different characters or like the networks that they do underneath. So, you know, like the guys, the men's nose and everything like yeah, that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I try, That's why I do a couple of rewatches just to kind of miss in case I miss anything. Um, but this show has a lot of symbolism in general. Um, so, and, and you know, there's, there's always symbolism. There's always like references to the Bible because um, the society just loves to warp the Bible. Like, I mean, like many people before him, like, uh, you know, ma- masters, slave masters, they use the Bible to oppress their slaves. So it's no different. Um, you know, in Islamic countries, um, some Islamist countries, they use the Quran to oppress their women. So this this is no different. Um, so yeah, we will um, be back next week to discuss episode three. I know it already aired, but we'll be back to discuss episode three. Um, like I said, I want to make this last <laughs> stretches out as much. Oh as we yeah, can. yeah, we gotta last.
1: See if we on if we on Google time, we should have did about like you know three or four episode. <laughs> but see, then you don't get to get like dramatic right. about it. You know, you don't get to like hold on that that June. You know that June like why she didn't leave moment. <laughs> I'm still on that. So I'm I'm letting yeah, go. So
2: if you guys have any questions, any reactions, um,
1: we I do.
2: Um I will be online if you guys want to hashtag handmaidstell at black girl nerds at Black Girl Geeks or at BGN Podcast. If you have any questions or just any observations, um, I wish I could live tweet the handmade style, but because it's on like Hulu, you can't. <laughs> I feel like that would be a dope yeah. live tweet. Um, but definitely want to hear. Let us know what uh, Lydia's backstory yes. is. Like, tell
1: us the backstory. That's yes. what I want to so, know. So yeah,
2: we will definitely be back next week to discuss. I hope you and guys, uh, you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope my voice wasn't too sultry for you. Uh- <laughs> no, you. and
1: come on now. You know for the hands. My <laughs> say you need a little sultry voice Come i'll be back now. to Come my on. higher
2: pitch next week um but thank you guys so <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week
0: bye thanks guys bye the black girl nerds podcast is produced by jamie Broadnax. the opening theme song to our show is written and performed by samus various instrumentals are performed by samus sky blue and shubzilla you can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.